0: Listener Production.
1: This is From Zero, where I get the real stories behind some of Australia's best business successes. I'm Adam Schwab, co-founder of LuxuryEscapes.com, financial journalist, author, and angel investor. With my best mate from school, we co-founded Luxury Escapes, and the business has grown to turn over almost half a billion dollars annually without raising a dollar of outside capital. People ask me all the time, how do we start the business? And now I want to turn the tables. In this episode, I speak with Fred Shibester from finder.com.
0: We've always talked Frank and I about creating a legacy. We think Finder as an organization and as a brand and as a company should live on for you know, thousands of years because there's just a never-ending shelf of things to compare. Fred Shabesta
1: is an unlikely business superstar. Like most Australian kids, he grew up playing sport and computer games and he wasn't a natural entrepreneur. Fred's parents were actually both doctors and they wanted Fred to choose a career that was safe just like theirs. But when he didn't,
0: they clashed. You know, there was a very disagreement of paths right they wanted me to go down you know a university route I had a very big fight with my mum and I sort of left home after that when I was 20 Uh, I was studying actuarial studies and I wanted to finish that and I wanted to go and do stuff I didn't know what at the time but I I wanted to do something I knew I wanted to do something with my life I didn't know what that was I was just playing computer games at home really in my bedroom and I just loved playing computer games and I was building a guild at the time and I was staying up late and I was Building a websites, but I was teaching myself how to build websites on the internet. I just personally found it interesting. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less, really. And then I started selling websites to other people. Yeah. After I, you know, made some money there, I went and showed, you know, showed my parents what I would built, and they, you know, I made, you know, I think it was like fifteen grand, and that was a lot of money. Yeah. For me, as a university student,
1: so this is this is 2000, 2001 thousand one
0: two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, about 2000, 2001. And then my mom actually, she introduced me to the company she was working for, which was a laser eye surgery company mm. and asked me if I wanted to build their website. And I, that, was, that was actually, that was kind of a big deal. And that was pretty, I think, where we came full circle back around. I was at university and still finishing my studies. I rented an office <laughs> by myself yeah. um, with a, you know, a couple of people who were working with me, which was completely cowboyish. If you, the na- naivety of that entire situation was is is unbelievable now that that i think about (laughs) myself today but that's what i do you know i'm a curious person and i take risks and i you know i know the sort of downside and i I sort of saw it and i said well you know what if the worst happens i start again whatever i'll figure out a way but you know i think i do that in a bigger scale these days now i do it in, in, in in bigger investments and it took a long time for me to get comfortable with that as well, and being wrong about investments as well. Well, that's what happens. But when you're right, you know, you hit it real hard and you do well. Just want to step back because I think it's, a, it's such a, that pivotal point. And a lot of listeners
1: are probably at that point themselves, where you you're at uni and, and a lot of people at uni or working and and have to make the call at some point to start start a business. And often it's organic, and you you see a problem and you solve it. Especially especially now. So at the time. You and your parents had sort of not split, but obviously you were, it was a bit distant. You'd moved out. You were you were studying. I think you may have finished your course in the end. How exactly did you start the business? And so you, you started back in two thousand and one, two thousand. Not many people were designing websites. They didn't have the tools you had today. Mm. Talk me through sort of the, the I guess it's the process of physically starting the business for the first time. What did you What did you do? How did you find your first customers? How did you um, How did you find your first computer? Like, how did you actually do it from from sort of day one?
0: Yeah. Great question. Um, so it was really interesting. Actually back then, uh, my next door neighbor I had so much admiration for him cause he was a computer guy and he always did things differently. And I was, I was so fascinated by him. And I went over to his house and I was trying to understand his business. And I was like, what do what you do? And I saw you program stuff for companies. I was like, wow, that's cool. And then, you know, he sold computer hardware to people and I was like, Oh, that's cool as well. And I bought a monitor from him and, you know, cause I was playing games. I was like, I want a bigger monitor, you know, and I was like, cool. i got some game, i got a monitor now. And then I realized I, then when I bought it from him, I realized the price I bought it at was much more, you know, very competitive in terms of mm. retail value. And I went and, um, I think I, I think I sold a few more to some other people. I was just like, Oh, I yeah. have an angle here. And <laughs> what actually happened in the beginning, which is kind of, I think I've never told this story. Actually, I actually started helping people with their networks. I used to go into their house because yeah. back then networking was quite complicated and it was new. Mm. Um, and the only reason I knew how to network computers together is because I played so many computer games yeah. and we wanted to have LAN parties. And then the only reason I, you know, wanted to, you know, I, I built these websites is one of the key reasons was because I was building one for the guild of the game I was playing, you know, and that's, yeah, you know, I found interesting, but he, he said to me, you know, one over one dinner, I said, we were having dinner Reading Schnitzel, the Austrian club. And he goes, What are you up to? And I was like, Oh, playing computer games, you know, and I've been building some websites. He's like, Oh, maybe you should come over and you know, tell me about your websites. I'm like, Oh yeah, cool, cool. So I came over and he he said, Um, tell me about your websites. I was like, Oh, you know, I just put them up on the internet so they look like they're not that great, but you know, they're all right. He's like, Can you you could build a website for me? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, and he goes, "How much are you gonna charge me?" And I was like, "Do uh, you want me to charge you money for <sighs> building a website?" He's like, "Yes." Like, what are you, you like? Don't want to? That's, that's 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 the non commercialness <sighs> in me. It's more for the, for, about the creation, I guess.
1: Who was his next one, Abram? Did you ever go into business with him, or was he no, just sort of a, a friend? He was a sole
0: trader, and he, he always liked it that way. Um, his name's Ziggy. Yeah, he's a lot older than me, but he he just saw something in me. I think, yeah. you know, he's a young hungry kid that wants to try and do things and he loves computers and I admired him. I've always still, I still admire him. He got into Bitcoin early, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, I only got, in, I got into Bitcoin and then afterwards he contacted me and said, I'm in Bitcoin as well. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. I think he just saw me and he just took a liking to me and it was just by luck. That was, yeah, serendipitously good.
1: You and Ziggy had this sort of business together? So is it, and then you, you were?
0: No, no. So my business partner actually at the time was one of my friends from school. And I said to him one day, I said, oh man, look at this internet thing. You know, he's gone on to build a whole lot, a whole lot of our internet companies. You know, we were actually parted ways, but you know, he, he was very technical and I was technical as well, but he was just, he's just, a, just a better technologist than me. We were a super intelligent guy and we could, you know, we could really riff on a lot of very complex ideas and we just worked very, very efficiently and fast together and worked really well.
1: Fred started the business with his old school friend, Adam. At the time, Adam had a secure job as a lawyer, but he left that job to join Fred in the business. But after working together for a while, Fred and Adam realized they had a different tolerance to risk. Fred wanted to push the business harder and to try and make lots more money, but Adam was a lot more conservative. Eventually, Fred bought out Adam's stake in the business for $10,000, and the two of them parted ways. But Fred didn't need to go very far to find his next business partner, a guy named Frank Ristucci. And the two of them would go on to form one of Australia's great business partnerships.
0: Well, Frank and I were—this sounds weird—but we were we were renting a renting a place together. We rented a, a house because we were all friends, and we Frank and Adam used to live together. Yeah, and um, Adam and I all used to work at night and do all these crazy things. And Frank actually had a job; <laughs> <laughs> he had some money, and you know he was doing he was doing well, you know. And he used to come back and see us. You know, we, we sort of woke up at 11 o'clock cause we'd stay awake to three and we were building the internet, you know, and he saw these guys and, you know, he just had a real an analytical approach a financial mind. And, you know, I, I sort of really, you know, I just saw the opportunity in this and, and, and then I used to stay at their house. I used to sleep on the floor hmm. with Frank. I used to sleep on his clothes actually. So, <laughs> so he would always leave, he, he used to be on the top floor. And I would climb the ladder up to his um, room and sleep on the floor, you know, and then he would wake up and go to work and (laughs) um, then I would sleep in his bed basically. And (laughs) then it was pretty unsustainable, but, yeah. (laughs) and then it was like, Hey guys, you know, let's, why don't we sort this out? And so we rented a house all together. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, with Adam and I, we sort of parted ways and that was very sad and it was, you know, it hurt our relationship. You know, we had a really great Mm -hmm. relationship, but we've really worked on that and brought that back. But Frank saw this and went you know saw this business and saw that I think I don't know what he saw actually. you have to ask him, but um hopefully he saw I think he saw something, and it's it's I think it's worked out for him pretty well,
1: <laughs> yeah. so did Frank quit his job and, and yeah
0: something? so so Frank quit his job and he bought into the company, which was you know pretty incredible,
1: yeah, and what was frank's sort of what did Frank bring to the table
0: he I think he's just a financial acumen, you know he brought. Okay, so I mean, the most illustrative story is I asked Frank, "When do you want to start?" He said, "I want to start on the first of July." I said, "Why that?" He said, "Well, that's when the financial year starts." <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, "I was like, okay," you know, like <laughs> I understand. And he traded his bonsai plant. He's got this bonsai plant from the <laughs> office to get an accountant to come in to set up our, our financial accounts. You know, to, to set all yeah. the all the ledgers and stuff. And I was looking at him. And I was like, "Wow, what a hustler! What? <laughs> like, just you're like me, you know, like, scrap, do whatever it takes to survive, do anything." Yeah. And you know, I think that's that's sort of one of those things where I saw it in him, and I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a long road, but you know, you're you're like me, you you." You're up for a hustle and up for a fight. And he would always bring the money in. And so one day, actually, another thing, Frank is a much better manager than me, that's for sure. Yeah. I think I'm a I'd say a, a good, you know, 4.7 out of 10 manager, if I was to, you know, put <laughs> me on the scale. And and, you know, I can do a relatively okay job, but I'm not gonna, you know, I just I just hire certain types of people that lead need less management, basically. And he helps me with that. And he one day he said to me, He goes, Man, you just gave that guy that piece of work and you haven't spoken to him all day. Yeah, "Yeah, He knows what he needs to do. He's like, maybe you should just check up with on him and he's doing the work. And I was like, nah, what are you talking about? I already told him. And, and then, and I was like, I was like, all right, fine. I was like, you know, with, I sort of, I was crestfallen. I was like, fine. Maybe, you know, I was taken as a personal offense. Like he didn't hear me or he wouldn't respect me. And I asked him, you know, and I realized that, you gotta check up on people, you know. <laughs> I had no idea. Zero idea of management. Absolutely nothing. And we just invented, you know, I just you know, I learned a lot and I studied that and I was reading about it, and you know, and I just I, I learned those kind of skills that you learn inside, I think, of you know, a larger organization inside a company, you know, structures and reporting and metrics, and KPIs, and there there was no where in my world that that had any relevance. And, you know, I think along the way, I've always probably been a bit challenged of bringing people along the journey of what I see. But, you know, as best I possibly can, the way in which I try to teach people that is I just make a prototype and show them. When I show Hmm. someone, this is what we're doing.
1: How long did a website type back then? How long would it take you to create? Oh,
0: it was, so there's no WordPress. There's no you know, Squarespace. None of that. What did you use? I was using Macromedia Studio. I don't know if anyone knows yeah. that. I paid two and a half grand for Macromedia Studio back then. Huh. And that was, you got Flash, you got Dreamweaver, you got Fireworks. And that's what enabled you to make, you know, pieces of, of, yeah. of imagery. Yeah. And, and websites. And, um, you, we used to build it with frame sets back then. We coded everything from scratch. Mm. Um, literally, like all, I I know how to write JavaScript these days, but I only know how to write it from scratch. I don't know how to, you know, that's how we used to do things. We used to use, make menus, you know, on websites and we'd roll, write our own code. You know, if you mouse over here, then it comes down and (laughs) every single bit. And that's, you know, sort of not done these days, but, um, yeah. And we used to, you know, make images and we'd cut them up and we'd look up like literally upload the files We'd, we'd create mail servers and, you know, I, I used to install um, on servers, I would install PHP, the actual code that was needed to run PHP. Yeah. And I'd actually install the database itself. I'd have to install it. Again, you know, there are people who, who still deal in these things and they're, you know, they're platform engineers, but everything was roll your own. There was nothing. It, 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 it took quite like the expectation of what was on the website was not that high. But, you know, to build it was quite a bit of work. And normally the hardest part was getting the content because the content used to be really challenging. There was no such thing as, you know, Upwork and places for people to write stuff yeah. and things like that. That didn't exist. So writing content from scratch was not, a you know, there were, there were just, it just wasn't done. And then, you know, if I, if I sort of zoom back, We started learning about databases. And once we started learning about databases, that's when the game changed. And you could make dynamic content because this is all static content back then.
1: Can you explain the difference in real terms for people who aren't sort of super technical?
0: Think of it like this. So imagine static contents like, imagine you have a whole lot of Word documents and they all have the content on them. And if you want to go back and change them all, you've got to open up every single Word document and change Mm it. Yeah. Um, versus, if you have um, you know an Excel spreadsheet and it references one cell and you change that one cell, it changes all throughout the spreadsheet. Well, yeah. we would have to instead. There's no there's, that didn't exist. We'd have to go and change every single cell manually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so grinding work, you know, brutal work. But that taught me the you know the value of hard work, and then it taught me the value of databases because yeah, we just didn't have to do that kind of work.
1: That business was called Freestyle Media. It was a web design company where Fred and his team would build websites for other businesses. Fred was still only 21 years old and figuring out how to run the business as he went along. Not long after, Fred married Jess, and his new father in law was a renowned marketer named Michael Kiley. Michael would share his knowledge with Fred, and Fred would soak up all the information he could possibly get.
0: I was the kid at 20 years old, 21 years old, if you told me anything to do with Marketing, the internet, anything at all, I yeah. was there. I would do anything. I would drive anywhere in Sydney, anywhere. And, <laughs> know, I drove to Blacktown, I drove to Arimba. I drove to Gosford for even a chance to get a piece of work. And just to give context, to everyone, this is before. There's no GPS then. We <laughs> used to have the, you know, the paper um I think it was called the Gregory's, if I'm not mistaken, map. <laughs> yeah. And I would look at the map on I've never driven to any of these streets or places mm-hmm. and I would arrive on time, which is fascinating in and of itself. Don't know how that was possible. And you know, I was just driving around as a kid and trying to pitch if I had a, a sniff of a chance, I would, you know, come in and talk about the internet and what could it can do for a business and how to get, you know, clients from the from the internet. And 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 so you know, I started talking to Jessica's dad, Michael, and he started talking about marketing. I was like, marketing? Mm-hmm. Hmm, marketing is an interesting thing. But we wouldn't talk about marketing. He would talk about humans and people mm-hmm. and how people's emotions determine their behavior and how they, how those emotions you know, determine buying decisions and how to speak to the people and what people think about the world and how people don't actually see the same world. They have different paradigms and there are heuristics built into humanity, and when you understand that, and how you talk to that, and what does that mean in terms of products, and what does that mean in terms of technology, and what does that mean, and and, and all of these questions, which I couldn't, I, ne- I never knew anyone would think that deeply, but I would sit at his yeah. feet and just listen. I wouldn't say I would just ask questions and let him riff and just go on and on and on, and just I was just vacuuming every single bit of information. The internet was not as full with blogs and Twitter. There's no Twitter and any of that stuff. It was just raw people that you knew. And if there was anyone, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult in Australia. I would go to conferences. I didn't have that much money, but I would try and get in as best I could to anything I would, could listen to. Um, and remember, there's no, no YouTube to watch replays and no podcasts or smartphones or anything like that. You know, yeah. And so I would sit at the feet of great people and listen to them. And ask them questions. And that, and then it was just by chance that he I was gonna actually close the business down. But then one day, you know, he said, You should build me a website. I said, cool. And I, I presented a beautiful new next level. It was actually a flash website. So back then that was that was the latest tech. And it looked cool. And what was really interesting was, you know, I said to him, you know, I'd love to build this website for you. And then you know, didn't he? Wasn't there wasn't the timing wasn't right, and those kind of things. And just by chance, so I thought you know I was getting out of business. And on the day, I went to my last employee and I said, "Look, we're gonna have to wrap this up. It's not gonna work out. I'm sorry." Yeah. But I was gonna close the doors, and a call came in, and it was his business partner. He said, "Oh, I heard you build websites." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we do." <sighs> and he said, "Can I come around?" I said, "Like right now." He's like, yeah, and he drove around in his car, and came into our office. And this office—just give you context—the the, the office we rented was this. This lady called Penny Bourne. and Penny Born um, invented um, the jingle "Will Save You" for uh, for <laughs> John John Simon's. Yes. Right? She's a great advertiser. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she she was a, a sort of a, a two pack a day Benson Hedges <laughs> smoker, and she—I was renting her office, so she would just chain smoke all day. Um, and there's nothing I could really say or do about it. And the rent was cheap and I, I needed to <laughs> have a place, right? But um, um, he came in and, you know, this is really awkward office and I had a couple of computers that I bought from my next-door neighbor, obviously cheaply. And he came in and I had this one guy and I said, you know, and I showed him what we were doing and I showed him some of the things we'd built and he was like, it's really cool. And he said, I heard you were looking to build a website for us. And, I, you know, the guy I was working with said, man, can you boot up that little we made a mock-up for him, you know, and he, he was amazed by what we'd done and he said, do you want to come and talk to us about something else? And one thing led to another and we, we actually moved the business inside. He actually invited us to move our business inside his to be the digital arm of his agency. Yeah. And that saved us. Yeah. We, we kept going. And I remember I finished the meeting and I came out and he left and I spoke to our, my one guy who I have a great relationship with, Hamanto. Uh, still today, and I said to him, "Remember, back, <laughs> we're still in." And I remember uh, so clearly. I, I can, I can feel the the ed- I was on the edge and looking down to the abyss, literally of nothing. And I didn't mm. actually know what I was going to do from there at all. I just did whatever I could. Really, anything. Anyone who wanted a website, I'd give it to.
1: Them. Yeah. And what was the rev- what, what did you get? The, the revenue of the business too, and, and were you paying yourself? Much
0: of a wage back then,
1: you're still, still pretty young. Oh, young kid not, at the time.
0: Yeah, no, we, we were paying ourselves probably, I don't know, 70, 80 grand max. Oh, um, it's not
1: bad for, for what, you're 22, 23. Oh, no,
0: that's probably, yeah, towards the end. In the beginning, we were paying ourselves probably 500 bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, no, maybe 1500, 1500. Yeah. And some months we'd have to skip. <laughs> so, yeah, so Frank and I used to make spaghetti every night. <sighs> and you know if it was a good week when we got our pay we'd, we'd buy some meat for the bolognese but otherwise some nights we didn't have much money so we used to go through the cans you know we'd go through the back of the cans in the cupboard and we'd combine them all together and just sort of make some something <laughs> um, and we didn't buy any toilet paper so we used the that was you know it's better to use the uh, newspaper than it is to use the magazines that's what I found out. <laughs> we had no toilet seat we didn't have any actually we had holes in our shoes we'd wear our socks until they fell apart Um, But we kept, you know, one suit really clean, and so we could present. We still got that business to like I think it was at a million dollars a year or something, something around that, That one and a half or something. Yeah, Yeah. we hustled so hard, Uh, and we just got a break. You know, more as we built more and more better stuff for people, and we got better. We hired better talented people. We built more beautiful things, and because we built more beautiful things, more people came. And you know, I started learning then about search engine marketing that was the key back then yeah yeah um and that unlocked a whole new revenue stream and but but each of these lessons taught me the value of money of cash flow of just the really raw hard lessons that you know you just don't get there's not really an easy place to learn them but we learn them the hard way
1: So you got the business to a, a really good level with a couple of guys who who clearly were, were running it super lean, and I think you, you sold it for I think a million one point five million dollars to a, to an ASX listed business, and and you, I guess you were, you were late twenties by this point? point yep. twenty six yeah twenty six so mid twenty and you had so you had that's a probably at least five five six hundred grand each after after tax and then and then what happened so you sort of your business is sold. You, then you rock. Next day, you sort of go to your desk and there's nothing to do. How, how did you? Where did the next step come from?
0: Well, at the time, so we in 2006 we we had this problem, right? So there's plenty of problems all the way, <laughs> but one of the biggest problems was during Christmas time. Everyone didn't need, didn't, wasn't at their desk. They went on holidays, and we needed clients to be at their desk because we wanted them to sign up on our website that we're building for them and give us our money. Yeah, and so we had all this spare development resource and time and so we started um venturing and building new um, businesses ourselves we thought right why don't we just build some of our own we're making so yeah. much money for everyone else and we're getting paid yeah. you know so little let's build some of our own ones and so we experimented and one of them was you know a poker site we built a sports betting site we built and the other one was a credit card finder yeah which was a credit card comparison site we put that on the internet and, and each of these sites did okay, you know, and we growth marketed them. And then, you know, we sort of just left it alone and, you know, it made a bit of money and it, we couldn't really put too much money into it because we just didn't have that much capital at all. Yeah. This was this, this would have been built, each of those businesses would have been built off the probably for $300. If <laughs> more. Like it, it, nowhere yeah. near, you know. But they were good proof of concepts and they made a little bit of revenue and it was nice and, And then we had to leave them alone because we sold the other part of the business and we kept that business. Yeah. And then, you know, we started, we did a long earn out, about two and a half years. uh, And that was pretty, pretty grueling. Not something which I'm super excited about doing again, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, And then we took those skills, but, and we deployed them into this credit card site because it was, you know, we would just look at this and we, everything we did that we had learned from doing with our clients, we just implemented mm. and every single thing we did made more money for the company, yeah. for that website, everything like literally operating with your eyes closed versus the beginning of the agency, which is grueling. This was just like, yeah, I know exactly what to do to make more money. It's not even a question because I've told so many clients for the last five years what to do <laughs> and we just get to do it ourselves, which is awesome. Yeah. And so this business just started flying, you know, it's just unbelievable.
1: When you say flying, you mean in terms of traffic, in terms of revenue? Traffic what was, what and revenue. Just
0: everything we did made more money. Every little thing.
1: And so what, what, what were you, you, obviously, credit card on, you were comparing what different credit cards on how much they yep. cost and how many reward points you got. What, what, was, the, what was the value you were adding to your, your customers that were causing them to flock to the site en masse?
0: Well, no one had really done that in such detail in Australia they never been done. Sounds weird, right? Like we wrote the first student credit card guide in Australia. We, wrote, we, wrote, we were the first people in Australia to compare no annual fee credit cards. No one had ever done that yeah. before. We'd written, we wrote pages and pages of content that no one had ever compared before. And so it was relatively just no one had gone that deep on credit cards in Australia. It's so why is that? I, I don't know why. It just wasn't done. And you guys were writing
1: all this stuff yourself. So did you, did you have any? What was your domain expertise uh, in terms of? How did you ever know what to write?
0: Well, at the start I just wrote it myself, and you know, I. I, I <laughs> so one of the things I lived on a credit card through the first business. Yeah. So I, that's how I financed, you know, staying alive. I, I, I had I had a thousand dollar limit, and I lived on that for five years. I put everything on my credit card, and then I would pay it off slowly and. You know, that's how, I, that's how I survived, basically. So I knew about credit cards because I'd used them. And I knew about reward points because I spent so much on my card that I got some reward points and, you know, that was lucky. And then I think the idea of speaking to customers and understanding what they did and what they wanted and what they wanted more of and then giving them more of what they wanted came from Jess's dad, Michael. And I would just ask, he, he taught me about marketing. You just ask the customer what they want and give it to them. I was like, that's a really smart idea. And so I just started asking people, what else do you want to see on this website? They're like, well, I'd love a calculator. Okay, let's put a calculator on. You know, or I'd love to see you know, balance transfers. I was like, why is that? Well, I've got credit card debt and I keep revolving mm-hmm. through credit cards. I'm like, really? That's a thing? And you just discover things you know, by yeah. asking people more and more questions. And, and, and it, it really was very rudimentary but backed up by incredibly smart and proven operators who knew how to run, you know, internet marketing.
1: They ran the business on an affiliate model. They would use their SEO skills to generate traffic and create content, and then monetize that traffic by charging partners an advertising cost. So if someone came to the site and signed up for an American Express card, the business would get a commission from American Express, usually a few hundred dollars. In the early days, they had a bunch of different sites doing essentially the same thing for credit cards, home loans, personal loans, and savings accounts. But eventually, Fred and Frank consolidated all the sites onto finder.com, and the business took off like a rocket ship. They had their first million dollar month by 2013, and it was all uphill from there, generating two, three, or even more than $5 million in a single month. And then in 2017... And became one of the earliest adopters of cryptocurrency in Australia.
0: At first, we, we started writing about it and we started making a little bit of money by comparing exchanges, you know, and, and where to buy certain coins because we were like, Christ, you know, where do you actually buy this thing? We started writing about it and people were like, oh, really interested in it. And we're like, oh, well, let's write some more. And it was just like the credit. It was literally, it's the same fractal again. It was like, oh, we write about this, people come and they want more. Yeah well, let's give them more. And we just kept going. And that's what we did in credit cards, the same thing. We just replicated that same um, rule. We call it sort of blitzkrieg at Finder, where we focus on something heavily and we grow it as fast and as quickly as possible. And I think, you know, that was just really the same fractal, the same equation of experimenting and trying things. I don't think it was Something magical. It's just this willingness and comfortableness of experimentation and curiosity. And when I saw all this demand, you know, this thing was hotter than an iPhone. Yeah. And Our site was just getting. You know, we'd write an article, and in I'd say ten minutes, we'd have ten thousand visits, concurrent visits to wow. the site. It was it was mania, and I was like, "There's something here," and I got to learn yeah. more. What year year was this? 17 into 18.
1: So the first crypto. That was the first crypto boom, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we hit this hard. I'd say then, you know, the winter came and we built a, a, a brokerage through 18 and we sold that to an exchange in 2020. But we went through the winter and we kept investing throughout it. And that was actually, that actually served us amazingly well today. And got us through COVID, I'd say, as well, and 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 we were yeah. able to buy a couple of competitors uh, in the comparison space um, during that time as well, and set us up you know, pretty well for I think what's going to be quite a boom when we come out of this um, in Australia and in Southeast Asia and different countries. I think it's going to be quite a boom coming.
1: how, how is your your traffic and you said you sort of got ten thousand, you'd get ten thousand hits. That's that's an enormous amount of traffic in in a short time. So sort of, how many people? Come to the Finder site every month. How many unique Australians would sort of look at one of your properties every month? two
0: point four million unique Australians. Wow,
1: one in every ten Australians yeah. goes to find, uh, find a Finder property every month.
0: There's more views, obviously, but that's unique. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's probably the same amount for Finder.com, and that's that's the, Finder.com does the UK, US, Canada, and all the other um, countries around the world. And then now we've got our app. So yeah. there's about 200, and I think it's about like 207,000 people now use the Finder app. Actually, I'll yeah. give you the 220. I'll just look at the, the updated number. 220,000 people in Australia. That's, it's only rolled out in Australia, and that's only very new. Um, obviously, you can buy and sell crypto in, 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 in the Finder app. And we've got a new product coming out as well um, where you'll be able to earn 4% on your money, which is really cool, called Finder Earn.
1: How how do, how, do you, how are you able to get those kind of returns?
0: Uh through crypto. Okay. Uh, so we make it really simple, and we handle all the all the all the complexity, and we um, give that 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 to our customers by using leveraging helping them leverage cryptocurrency and making it really simple for them. So you guys have, I
1: think you've got four hundred people, team members now. I think you've got offices in five countries, and these numbers could be a bit out of date. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think and you and you've got some upwards of hundred million users. It sounds like. You're obviously, a, a, a genuinely a big business now. How has your role changed? You've obviously gone from days of eating spaghetti out of a out of a tin uh, with Frank to to having a, a business that's worth hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars now. How, how how has sort of your personal role changed as you've gone from tiny startup to global business?
0: I think over time I've become less and less operational in the company and more. You know, I work with a very small team in Finder called Finder Ventures, and you know, we go and venture and create new companies. You know, we built the Finder app. The Finder Ventures built the Finder app, um, which yeah. sounds weird, but it was—it's an isolated business in Finder, and now it's going to be more and more integrated because you know, we've made—you know—we've hit product market fit now, and it's—you know—it's booming. It's a—it's a—it's a new whole new revenue line for Finder which is super exciting. Yeah. You know, we have reinvented the company and that, that's what I'm good at. You know, I think I'm not that hard sort of CEO, you know, with the rhythm and, uh, you know, alignments and all that. I think it's more better for me to, you know, stick to the fringes and to the frontier and bring the new thing, bring a new perspective. And I realized that over a long period of time that I'm not, that I'm not, that's that's who I'm, what I'm better at. I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm a creative person I like to create things and I bring them to Frank to go and manage you know <laughs> no but you know yeah. at, the, at the same time but I'm I can, I can lead very well I can lead um, an organization and when I need to and overhaul it and then hand it over to someone but that's that's what I'm good at
1: how has your success changed yeah. how you and Frank live day to day you still pretty, I imagine you're not as frugal as you used to be, but uh, are you still pretty sort of frugal? Do you, have you enjoyed the trappings of success yet or, or have you guys, is it, is it a journey and you're only sort of partway
0: through? You know, I think I, I have, you know, I've bought a few things, but they're all fairly, t- like in they're investments. You know, I bought, a, bought an apartment, I bought a house and I bought a, a car. Everything's very tied back to investment and investing. Frank and I are pretty, you know, just frugal guys. Um, and Jeremy as well, who, who joined us, he, he he would be really, I'd say he's a, he's a co-founder as well. He Obviously, he wasn't yeah. there at the founding, but he obviously came in and he's, he's, you know, instrumental in the company. And all of us, we haven't taken any money off the table with Finder yet. And I think it's, you know, probably coming to that time, maybe. But I think, I think, you know, throughout time we've just, you know, Frank and I have done a lot of work in managing our money and we live, you know, I think it's still relatively frugal, but I think it's just, you know, done in ways that also, they're just very considered investments. They look, yeah, they're just well-packaged investments as well. Yeah. Um, that give me a nice lifestyle, you know. So you, t- you
1: touched on it uh, just a minute ago. What's the what's the end game for, for for you and Frank do you do you think about listing Finder do you, I'm sure there's plenty of businesses that, that knock on your door regularly because you're such a, a cash generative business uh, and a defendable business uh, defensible business what's the um, what's the end game and, and what do you guys want to be doing in in 20-30 years have you got a have you any idea
0: I think we're you know we've really just begun you know I feel we've just invented this whole other business in Finder which is super exciting and I think Finder is extending and becoming a fintech. That's, that's sort of that whole trajectory and I think crypto fine, you know, forms a you know, a centerpiece of Finder in the future. And I think we're positioning ourselves to be way ahead of the curve when it comes to the new financial system. And I think you know, we feel it's just day 1. We've only just begun. We're in sort of a process of raising some money for the first time because we feel like we've got a really strong conviction on where we're at and where we can go to i think we've always talked frank and i about creating a legacy and we think finder as an organization and as a brand and as a company should live on for you know thousands of years because it, mm. there's just a never-ending shelf of things to compare and you know staying relevant and staying ahead of the curve is built into the dna of finder find something new and hit it hard and um i think we're comparing vaccine test kits now on finder Hmm. (laughs) um we're looking at play to earn and nfts and how are we going to play in that space and yeah i I think it's just a, a very beautiful platform to create from and and i think it, it could be publicly listed. I, th- I can't see why not. I think it's an innovative, creative company. I think it's something that keeps reinventing itself. And I think, that I'm, I'm, I think it's, it, hopefully it'll be something that you know, people will always use for, for many, many, many years to come.
1: And that was Fred Shibester from Finder. And while Fred might look like someone you'd see at the local skate park, he has built one of the best Australian businesses in the last decade which at its current growth rate looks like becoming a unicorn in the next year or two before listing on the stock exchange. You've been listening to From Zero with me, Adam Schwab. Our producer is Lindsay Green. Our audio producer is Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, search From Zero Podcast with me, Adam Schwab. Listener.